0: Hello and welcome to the show. You know I love coffee, and I especially love that cup of coffee in the morning. First thing, the feeling I get of happiness and joy as it fills me with that warmth, and I get that burst of energy and that burst of caffeine, and it really gets my day off to a good start. But sometimes I don't always get that good feeling from coffee, and let me tell you why. When I drink coffee later on in the day, I get this sensation of warmth and not just that nice warmth that I was talking about first thing in the morning, but it's like it starts in the middle of my body and it moves up and it just, this feeling of, of heat envelops me and I, I find myself sweating. And that's called a hot flash. And typically women who are going through menopause or paramenopause, experience that as one of the symptoms. Now, someone who is going to share with us why that happens and maybe other symptoms and what we can do about that. And please, I hope it's not stop drinking coffee because that's not going to happen. My special guest today is Sylvia Sundstrom. She's a friend of mine. We are all both members of the major grow group. And Sylvia has her Instagram account, Sassy with Style, where she talks about menopause and midlife. So please help me welcome Sylvia.
2: Hi, Jenny. Yes, we're both part of the Plus 50 and Fabulous Club as well. Oh, absolutely.
0: Yes. Don't, don't forget about that. <laughs> <laughs> and we're both retired. Oh, well, actually, yes. technically retired, but we're also both entrepreneurs. So let's go with yes. that. Yes. yes,
2: very much. Good. Yes. So.
0: Tell us, how did you get started in talking about menopause and midlife?
2: Um, My story goes back a few years. My mom had uh, been diagnosed with ovarian cancer, and uh, it was very new to our family. We didn't actually understand what ovarian cancer was. Uh, We had heard, obviously, about breast cancer, but it was a woman's cancer, if you will. Unfortunately, mom had passed away, but before she passed away, the doctors asked if she would like to be part of a study group to do genetic testing. When she passed away, the results came back two years later, so it took quite some time to get the results back. I was called in to the office and uh, they read the results, and it was a hereditary uh, gene called the BRCA gene, so B-R-C-A, and we all have the BRCA gene as women in our body. It's just whether it mutates or not. So preventative or the proactive things that you can do uh, when you have the BRCA gene, uh, because it gives you a higher chance of uh, getting breast cancer and ovarian cancer in your family. So if you want to be proactive or preventative, then you can have a double mastectomy and prophylactic hysterectomy. So those are the things that the medical uh, team was offering at that time. So this was 16 years ago. And then they encouraged uh, all the family members, uh, the children, uh, to get genetic testing as well. So fast forward, I just want to thank you very much. Thank you for that information. Fast forward, it was probably about eight years after that, that uh, Angelina Jolie was all over the news, and uh, she had the BRCA gene, her mom had the BRCA gene, so she was getting a double mastectomy, and a lot of people were you know, being educated around this, this gene mutation again. My light bulb went off and said, well, hey, you know, my mom had the BRCA gene. Maybe I should go get tested. Maybe it's time. I ended up getting tested and I tested positive for the gene mutation. So I've always been very active with regards to being proactive as opposed to being reactive. I discussed with my doctor the options. And at that time, I just wanted to go ahead and have, it's called an oophorectomy. So they remove your ovaries and your fallopian tubes went ahead and did that, discussed it with my family. And what happens is the, the doctors were telling me about being preventative about getting ovarian cancer. This was one of the ways that uh, it could be done because ovarian cancer is a silent killer. Uh, there are no screening processes. Once you have it, you have it. So there's there's nothing you can do. There's no blood test at the time beforehand. There's no screening. So I thought, well, this was a pretty high risk. So let's go Go for this. So we were very focused on the cancer and, and and all that stuff around the ovary, or around the ovaries, pardon me. What they didn't focus on and didn't tell me was that this would throw me into what's known as surgical menopause. So that means we have our estrogen, you know, like from the minute we're born. Our little ovaries are are in there uh, generationally. They've removed these ovaries, and like that night I was suffering from hot flashes and night sweats. And I, again, didn't associate it in my mind. I just thought I was having a reaction to the uh, anesthetic as I had never had surgery before. I'd never been put under. So I thought, okay, well, my body's, you know, going through, through this because of the surgery. Let's just say that whole year was a huge learning curve for me and my body all the Pandora's box of menopause symptoms that could be thrown at you were. And so for me, again, it was an educational thing. I wanted to be proactive, and find out what the H E double tooth fix is going on with my body. How can I help my body get better? Because this is not me. This is not, this is not a place I want to be right now with my body. So that's kind of the backstory and, and how I got to where I was. And I like to ask questions. So I mean I worked in an office of 20 plus women and I'm asking them questions. And is this normal? And did this happen to you? And why am I sweating? And why is my face turning red? And just all the things. That, you know, why am I crying? And they just went, oh, well, it's all part of it. It's all part of it. But nobody actually talked about it. Nobody was actually proud of it. Nobody was actually celebrating it. Nobody actually, you know, it was, it was that which shall not be named, you know? Oh, my goodness, Sylvia. Wow.
0: Um, I didn't realize that that's how you were, um, I guess, thrown into menopause. Because typically, you know, I, I think about how I experienced menopause where I, I didn't really have any symptoms until all of a sudden, then it just kind of slowly, and, and it's very insidious the way it you know, kind of creeps up on you. And then when I've stopped menstruating, and actually that made me think about why it's called menopause, because you're pausing your, your menses or your- Menses, yeah. Right. So when I stopped menstruating, uh, I was in full menopause. Then I, I guess I had symptoms for about a year and a bit. And then they went away and I'm like, oh goodness, they're gone. I'm never experiencing it again. And then they came back and someone, and actually I was talking to a friend of mine who had gone through it. and she's like, yeah, it never goes away. You're dealing with this for
2: the rest of your life. I think it depends on what the symptoms are. We as women absolutely associate menopause with hot flashes, for sure. That's, that's number one. But again, looking into what triggers it. So you had mentioned coffee, uh, wine, (laughs) stress, stressful, stressful environment. I remember being in meetings at work and looking at the ladies around the table and some of them, like you're saying, a hot feeling in your tummy. Some of them, their whole necks would just start to turn red if they disagreed with something that was going on in the meeting. So the anxiety and anxiety will bring it on as well. Different things trigger different people, but a lot of people do associate hot flashes or night sweats, which is the same thing. It's just happening at night with uh, with menopause. But there is a plethery of symptoms. There's so many symptoms associated with uh, with our hormones and the lack of estrogen in our bodies, for sure.
0: And I totally understand. And, and you're right. In addition to coffee and wine, chocolate is another one, and spicy food. Yes. And I love coffee, wine, chocolate, and spicy foods. And, and so when I do, I guess, I guess if I'm making the choice to have them, knowing that I'm going to have some sort of reaction, then I'd rather have it and deal with the reaction than say, okay, I have to cut all this stuff out of my life. Because what's the point? We might, well, you know, we might as well just say goodbye to joy and then just deal with nothing. right? And so for me, it's making sure that, yeah, okay, if I'm going to have coffee, maybe I might have just two cups instead of four. Maybe I might stop by 11 o'clock, maybe, you know, thinking about how I can reduce some of those symptoms. But you're right, if you're taking anxiety and stress and then coffee, because usually for me, if I'm stressed or anxious or I'm, you know, busy, like I'm drinking more coffee and then at night it's like more wine and, and it's like, uh, I just need something to make it feel better, but actually I'm probably making it worse, aren't I?
2: <laughs> again, everybody's different. And you said, life is to be lived. So that was my motto all the way through. I was just like, Hey, if I'm gonna have a hot flash, I might as well enjoy myself and have a glass of wine. I am not giving up my glass of wine. So yeah, I, I love my coffee in the morning and, and a glass of wine. I'm drinking less now. Again, just again, it's a choice. Yeah, you just you really have to know what your triggers are for sure. Another sign of uh, I guess what happens with our hormones is that
0: I know that when you're stressed, it's that cortisol. So you have more weight gain in your abdomen, in your stomach. And I like to call it a (laughs) menopause because, well, (laughs) that's what it is basically. But I remember reading a study by a physician, so a male physician who was talking about the fact that weight gain had nothing to do, or, or I should flip it around and say menopause does not cause weight gain. And I thought, okay, first of all, you're, you're a male talking about menopause and weight gain. And second, I I thought he was, you know, full of, full of BS. All of a sudden, you know, you're going through menopause and now I've got this pot and I, nothing's changed. I mean, I'm not eating any different. I'm not exercising any different. I'm not doing anything different except now my hormones are acting up. And now I've got this pot that wasn't there, there before I know that they say that there's different ways that you can deal with that. So what are some of the things that you can recommend that we can do to maybe reduce that mental pot?
2: Again, I just keep reiterating to the fact that we're all very different. Our bodies are very different. The one commonality, if you will, is you have to work with your body and not against your body. And what do I mean that by that? I mean, you have to educate yourself around what works for you. So you brought up cortisol, huge. Cortisol has to do with our immune system as well. And, and this is where we store all, all our stress in our stomach. This, this, is, this is where it is. And so if you can reduce your stress either by meditation or by yoga or you know journaling or, or mindfulness or, or grounding, that's what you have to come to the realization that works for you. Now, having said that, I agree, you know, I was exercising, I was doing all the things that I was doing before, and I was just getting, you know, this menopause uh, pot. (laughs) I was Googling how to lose, you know, those pesky five to 10 pounds, how to do this, how to do that. I have to say, the resources are out there. Again, you just have to tap into what works for you. And um, my husband and I have, again, been very proactive and very active lifestyles. He actually started watching uh, videos about fasting. And I always said, well, there's no way I'm going to take out any food in my, uh, I love my, you know, chocolate cakes and this and that. Why would I give anything up? The more I looked into it, the more sense it made. Okay. So as we get older, we don't need that much food, right? You you find with your parents, it's like, why didn't you eat today? It's like, I'm not hungry. And it's because they're not hungry. You don't need those calories in your body to burn them up as you did when you were younger, running around with the kids, dropping them off, going to work, going grocery shopping. So as we get older, um, fasting is something that I would suggest. Again, I'm not a doctor, but that was something definitely I would suggest you look into. I intermittent fast daily. So I have a 16 and 8 window. Uh, What does that mean? That means I stop eating at a certain time after dinner, 16 hours, and then I feast for eight hours. So I eat in that eight hour window. That helped a lot. That helped so much. Um, So I've been doing that for the past four years. And yeah, that that weight is, is not there. The energy is there. I'm not starving. So that's number one. Number two is we need more weights. So you need to work on your, on your uh, bones. You need to make sure that you've got strong and healthy bones. How do you do that? Not by aerobic exercise. Aerobics is fun. I personally hate running. So I, I do trampoline because I love bouncing up and down. I obviously jumped up and down on the bed when I was a child. But uh, um, it's a good way to burn calories uh, as well. There's other aerobic activities that you can do. But you have to at least three to minimum three to four times a week do something that's going to be building your bones. So so weights and heavy weights. Don't be afraid to lift heavy. If you don't know what you're doing, watch the videos. Get a trainer. Those are you know osteoporosis. We are so prone as we get older for our bones breaking, knee
0: issues, hip issues. Well, first of all, it's interesting what we've been doing it for four years because I'm sure it must've been difficult to get started because I know that I was doing it a couple of years ago. I was trying the intermittent fasting and there's actually an app, um, I think it's called Zero, if I'm not mistaken, where you can can log in when you're starting and then keep track of every day that you're doing it. And I was doing it for a while, but I'm not sure why I stopped. It wasn't that it was hard work. It was that uh, I guess that I wanted to eat later, or I don't know what it was, I can't remember now, but I stopped it. But it's interesting that first of all, you've been doing it for four years, but that you have really good results. And it gives me that encouragement that perhaps I want to try this again. And you're absolutely right about lifting weights, because I've heard that over and over that, yes, you know, it's good aerobics for your heart health, and you know, getting your heart rate up and so on. But it's, it's the muscle mass. It's because we lose muscle mass as we get older. Everything is sagging. You know, gravity is our worst enemy. And because everything is sagging, you want to be able to firm up everything. And so by firming it up, it's not just working with your bones, but it's also how we see ourselves too. Because when, for me, you know, sometimes when I look in the mirror, it's like, oh, you know, I've got the turkey wings and I've got this and that. And, you know, I want to do something about it. But talking about it isn't enough. I actually have to do something. And I like your suggestion about, well, watching videos is one thing, but hiring a trainer to say, okay, can you show me or help me work out a plan that I can do this at home?
2: And a lot of people need that motivation as well. So just by watching a video, you can't always motivate yourself. My husband is absolutely so disciplined. He's he's amazing. So I kind of bounce off of him with regards to, to motivation. When I'm not motivated by watching the videos or whatever, I have gone out and hired a trainer to, to show me things. What works, again, for women may not work for men just because of the way our bodies are, are built. Just doing different exercises. So, for example... If the folks out there listening know what a mountain climber is, it's, it's a lot of pressure on your shoulders. You're supporting yourself almost in a push-up position, and then you're lifting your knees up to your elbows. So as we get older, um, if, if you're used to something doing something like that in the past, it might not be helpful. But if you're standing up and you're putting your knees to your elbows just as fast, it's the same exercise. You're just not putting pressure on your shoulders at that time. So it's just, again, finding what works, what works for you. And I think women need to... I don't want to generalize, but I think we need to have the mindset that it's not about losing the weight. You know, get that menopause pot out of your head and just work out for the strength. Like we need to be strong. We need to have good core stability. We need to be able to stop ourselves, especially in Winnipeg on these icy streets. That if we slip, we need to have that core stability that you're not going to break your ankle or bust your knee or, or, or you know, break your hip. You, you want to be able to hug your future grandchildren and lift them up in the air and chase them at the park. So as we get older, you want to make sure that you're doing it to keep yourself fit and healthy and strong as opposed to, you know, the mindset which we all have of trying to lose those extra five to 10 pounds, those pesky five to 10 pounds.
0: I like the idea though of, of, not necessarily thinking about losing weight, because muscle weighs more than fat. So if you're building up muscle, you're going to weigh more. And so that that whole concept of let's lose the weight doesn't really work here. But I also like to think that, you know, of course, when I'm working out, there is that other hormone, the endorphins that pop in, you know, those happy happy endorphins, those happy feelings that when you're working out, you could have had you know, like the worst day, but as soon as you get that workout out of the way, it's like, you know what, I feel so much better. I'm so glad that I did it. And when we talk about stress, you know, so stress, of course, you know, the cortisol and, you know, added, added, like, you know, weight in the, in the stomach area, especially by working out. So when you're stressed, instead of like grabbing that cup of coffee or the glass of wine or whatever, which, you know, is some, sometimes that knee jerk reaction, another way of dealing with it is like, you know what, I'm going to go for a walk. And I've I've read that walking is actually probably the best weight-bearing exercise because you don't need any equipment. You're moving your body. You can do that, you know, the hips. So, you know, the high intensity. So, you know, walk super fast for like 20 seconds and then slow down for 10 or, you know, whatever pattern works best for you. But doing that, you know, and I remember during COVID, my husband and I would go for uh, two walks every day. One would be right after lunch and one would be right after dinner. And then of course, once, you know, everything was sort of, sort of ish back to normal, we stopped walking and I don't know why. And I I think, well, okay, if he doesn't want to go walking, I should probably start walking. And if I go walking twice a day, plus everything else, that might actually help me deal with my symptoms, right?
2: Absolutely. I'm just nodding my head here and walking backwards. That's not something that we do. And that puts different strains on different muscles in our legs as well with regards to balance. Um, Yeah, so if you can change up your walk and and it's safe to do so, then try walking backwards. That's another study that we're looking into as well. Walking is absolutely no equipment, no nothing. You just got to get your butt out there and do it. Uh, And again, a lot of people need that motivation. Well, you know what? Phone your neighbor or organize it that, hey, I'm going to start walking and do you want to meet me halfway? I'm very fortunate we have a walking path here, so I have zero excuses. But do something that you like to do. If you like to dance then crank up the tunes, wash the dishes, dance around the kitchen and there you go you got some movement going like that too. I I mentioned I hate running. I can't stand running. I love riding my bike. I will ride from here to Brandon if I had to. I mean I was in the multiple sclerosis bike tour for years. We I mean the kids everybody was involved. I love love riding my bike. But again as you get older um maybe it's not feasible for whatever reason, then walk. walking is the best thing. And, and yeah, if you get a pet, then you're forced to walk the dog anyways, right?
0: Yeah, and I remember uh, years ago, I had a bike and I was actually part of that MS. Oh, this is going back like, oh, yeah. oh my gosh. Probably 20 years, but I, I really enjoyed riding my bike and it was stolen uh, shortly after that and I just never replaced it, but that's okay. But I like the idea of walking, but I'm, where I live, there isn't really a walking path. There's just, it's just your regular neighborhood in, in, in the city. The idea of driving somewhere <laughs> to walk, I don't know, maybe there's lots of great walking mm-hmm. paths in the city. And I know that there's a group, I think it's, um, I, don't, I don't know if it's a walking group or a hiking group, but I know that when, because I used to run and of course I haven't run in years, but I know that the running room, they they have the run the running groups but i'm pretty sure they also have walking groups so i might want to look into something like that and or just you know get out even though there's no walking path there's no excuse for me not to go for a walk so you know i should probably look at doing that
2: that's the hardest i think when you when you come to the realization that you're your own obstacle really you have to do it for you nobody else is going to do it for you you have to do it for your own health and well-being because there's no magic pill. There is no magic pill. So, you know, even with regards to menopause, if you're, if you're going through different symptoms, what's going to work for me, whether it's weightlifting, you know, three to four times a week or aerobic activity, pardon me, or meditation or yoga, stretching, stretching is super important. And, you know, this is all movement uh, and we lightly touched on fasting but food you have to read the ingredients in your food sugar is in everything and you know those those smoothies at lunchtime are not doing you any service if they're full of sugar like read the ingredients you know a lot of people are making them with almond milk well you know <laughs> there's a lot of not good things in almond milk you have to read the ingredients um you know you have to get that good protein and that's the other thing we need way more protein as we see, see your my menopause brain we need way more protein as we get older as well um anywhere depending on your weight again anywhere's from 85 to 120 grams of protein that's a lot of protein so you know how many eggs are you eating are you eating protein powder are you eating more meat Watch the types of carbs that you're eating. What is that saying? Abs are made in the kitchen. So, you know, again, it, it's not necessarily that we want to look, which we do want to look good, but it's it's the, the health that, you know, your immune system, your your cortisol levels, everything, uh, your hormones, your hormones get out of whack when you're not eating the proper foods as well. So
0: what you were saying about
2: sugar, because
0: sugar, you know, you get the spike of shur- that that insulin spike, it just causes more craving because I know sometimes like I try not to eat a lot of sugar and I do watch, you know, the ingredients and and you know what I'm eating and so on. But every so often, you know, I feel like I want to have that croissant or I want to have that greenish. Or it's not that I want to deprive myself, but at the same time I'm knowing that I'm eating something that has, first of all, a lot of calories, a lot of sugar, probably a lot of fat. And so I look at that as a treat. So I don't have it every day. Otherwise, oh my goodness, I can't even imagine what it would be like. But you know, every so often I might want to have a treat, you know, and indulge myself with that. But you know, they say 80-20, right? So if you're eating 80%, what you should be eating as far as like protein, watching sugar intake, again, it's back to joy. I mean, you know, I can't, I don't want to give up that glass of wine, but probably has sugar in there. And, you know, and I do put sugar in my coffee, but I put cream. So, you know, it, it's balancing it out and, and making sure that, you know, okay, so if I'm having, let's say, eggs in the morning and maybe tuna at lunch for, and then spend, uh, some, then some. A steak or chicken with, with veggies, but then I can have that glass of wine or maybe I might have some ice cream. So that is like my treat, but again, not every day, but it depends on what you're doing. And, and it's all about balance, isn't it?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. It's all about balance. Um, don't deprive yourself. Like we, you know, getting back to the beginning, our lives should be joyful and we, we should, we should enjoy, you know, the things on a day-to-day basis, but knowing <laughs> that we might be suffering consequences with regards to something symptomatic, with regards to the menopause as well. Another thing, just as we were talking about sugar and cravings and things like that, oils. So good oils in our diets will help us, you know, you want to have foods in your, in your body that are going to satiate you so you don't have those cravings so that you're not reaching for whatever having said that, again, life is short. And if you want to eat the chocolate cake, or you want to eat the bag of chips, then, then go for it. But um, just be mindful that yeah, it's not necessarily doing you doing you a service. But if you're eating the foods that are going to satiate you and keep you full, then you are less likely to have those cravings for for those things. I'm a salt fiend. So no one's ever OD'd with salt. But again, it's for example, the chips, it's the type of oil that they're fried in. So the oils, all the seed oils are not necessarily good. You want to make sure that things are being cooked with uh, coconut oil or um, avocado oil is uh, high in the, in the burning. Um, olive oil is a topper. So a lot of people cook with olive oil, but if you're going to cook with olive oil, you want to add some butter into it. High burning point, that's what I wanted to say. So avocado oil has a high burning point. A lot of people use olive oil because it's healthy. Olive oil is actually more of a topper, but these are all good, healthy fats, as opposed to sunflower oil, canola oil, you know, those kind of things.
0: You know, when I was going to ask you about oils, because I know that, um, well, first of all, when you talk about something that that satisfies your cravings is the protein for sure. For instance, in the afternoon, instead of, you know, that, that sort of three o'clock-ish where you want something. So instead of grabbing something that is sugary, you know, grabbing a piece of cheese, if, if you know, as long as you can, you can handle the dairy, which can help satisfy. But then I was going to ask about fats, because fats can also be very satisfying. So having, let's say, an avocado would be more satisfying than, say, having a bagel or even toast with peanut butter and jam, you know. So it's thinking about making those, those wise food choices. Now, I want to go back to what you had said that, you know, it's not a pill, so to speak, as far as making changes, you know, and and I want to talk about hormone replacement therapy. Now, I actually did some of that. I know when I first started menopause, I'm like, nope, I'm never doing that. I'm not, I'm not getting involved. And then I found the symptoms were really bad for a while, like not just the hot flashes, but the night sweats, the irritability, the, you know, you name it, I was going through it. And I thought, this is crazy. I I just, so I went to, I met with my doctor and I said, you know, can you put me on some sort of hormone replacement therapy? So we did. And I was doing it for a while and it seemed to help with the symptoms. And then I thought to myself, okay, do I want to do this for the rest of my life? And I made the decision that no, I was not going to do that. And so I started to wean myself off the hormone replacement therapy. And I'm glad I did because yes, I still deal with the symptoms, but given all the suggestions and advice that you've offered, I can manage it in a way that works best for me instead of relying on something that is stopping it. Because I always think about medicine, you know, you think about the Western medicine, but if you think about the Eastern philosophy, go to the root of what is going on and not mask it and deal with it in a a more holistic way. I know that, you know, you're not a doctor, I'm not a doctor, we're doing what's best for us. And I'm sure there are, you know, people out there that have tried the hormone replacement therapy and works great for them. But it was a decision that I made that I wanted to stop it. And I'm really glad I did.
2: Absolutely. And again, Jenny, it's an individual decision. I'm a Taurus, so I'm stubborn. So I I pushed my way through it. In the back of my head, hormone replacement therapy represented that I could have a likely chance of developing breast cancer. And because I was doing this as a preventative, I just didn't want that one more thing hanging over my head. Now, again, having said that, and I'm, I'm not being disrespectful of, of Western medicine, when I did go to see the doctor, here's an antidepressant. Well, I don't want an antidepressant. My root cause is my menopause symptoms because of this surgery that I had. Well, then we can put you on hormone replacement therapy. I don't want to be put on hormone replacement therapy. I want to figure out what's going on for me. A lot of women do suffer and a lot of women will muscle through it, if you will, and eventually do go on hormone replacement therapy. It's good for the time that it's good for. So I think your story is perfect, you know, that it helped you through that time and you realized that you could be okay and you started weaning yourself off and, and, you know, and yes, what is the root cause? Well, the root cause is this is all part of our life. It's a celebration of life. Where our bodies are going through change, just like our bodies go through change in pregnancy, just like our bodies go through change in, in our teenage years. The acne breakouts, whatnot, that's all hormonal. I mean, I think if we celebrated it more as opposed to, to kind of shoving it under the rug, then it would be more normalized, perhaps. Um, and I know... I know that the doctors have only 15 minutes with us when they talk to us, but if we could go in with our questions and if we could work in an integral healthcare system where we could use our natural path, and where we could use our doctors and where we could use a nutritionist and, you know, all, all of that collaborating together so that you as a whole person can go through this journey and not suffer for lack of better terminology.
0: I agree with you a hundred percent, you know, that it, again, it gets back to what works best for you. And for some women, hormone replacement therapy is, is what they need based on whatever they're going through. You know, so as you know, in your case, it was surgical menopause. I know that they say, look to your mother for what you may be going to experience in your life. Now, my mother died when I was 20, 25, she was 25. Or I was 25. Sorry, I was 25, 55, and she died of uh, of uh, lung cancer. I remember that she had an emergency hysterectomy. I and, and I don't know how I remember. I think I might have been five or six years old. And it's, it's funny how your your memory even at that age. And I remember visiting her in the hospital with my brother. And the one memory that stands out is first of all she was really sick and almost died, but I remember eating those. Pastel mints, I, craziest thing that I remember. And she went into menopause because that's what, what happens when you have an hysterectomy or a surgical, where you go into menopause because of that. Maybe she had symptoms, but never talked about it. Or I'm sure she must've been experiencing the hot flashes and the, the night sweats and everything else that went went along with it. But I don't remember her ever talking about it or... Maybe me asking questions or noticing anything. Of course, when you're a teenager, you really don't notice what you're, what's around you, except what's in front of you, and um, and so for me, not having that, I I didn't even think about asking questions uh, about any of that, and and so for me, you know, I don't know if if maybe she hadn't experienced a hysterectomy, would she have experienced the same symptoms that I was going through myself. So for anyone out there, if your mother is still around, ask her those questions, ask what's going on, and find out what her experiences are or were. And this might help you deal with what you're going through. Because I I really wish that I had had those conversations with her.
2: So my mom passed away at 68. So she did go through menopause. My mom tried to shield us, I think, from things with regards to health. And perhaps that's why I'm such a healthcare advocate and, you know, health and wellness. It's so important to educate yourself. It is so important. My memory of my mom going through a hot flash was walking through uh, Eaton's and uh, her winter coat around her shoulders and trying to like look at clothes at the same time while her jacket's falling down and i would go like what are you doing like why are you half dressed here that's you know again it's like that's okay that's okay like nobody talked about it growing up so yeah i'm shouting it from the rooftops because it's a beautiful time it should be a beautiful time i don't know if it's if it's our north american society i know in other societies it's the spring of life it's your it's your second spring there's so many cultural inf- influences and and how you were brought up and traditionally that how you perceive you know menopause and midlife so if you can manage your symptoms great but absolutely have those conversations i have two boys and when i was going through this everybody in this house knew what i was going through why i was going through it um that could have had to have done with my anxiety and my mood swings but um still they all knew <laughs> mom's having one of those moments right now and this is why it's because of menopause So yeah, so have the conversation with your kids and even girls. I mean, again, there's these are puberty, pregnancy, and menopause. These are huge events in our lives if if we're fortunate enough to go through all of them. And uh, we are living longer as well. So women are now living well into their 80s. So this is a third of our lives. I mean, perimenopause is around the time you get menopause. So as you mentioned, the last uh, period that you have 12 months from that, well, you could be experiencing symptoms, you know, as early as 10 years prior to that little sprinklings. And that's the difference between surgical menopause and regular menopause or our or, or normal menopause, if you will. Um, you go through it in, in stages and phases, whereas surgical menopause, everything's like at once.
0: I remember a girlfriend of mine, Kim, she, she went into menopause at the age of 35, mm-hmm. which is, is actually quite young because... Well, I shouldn't say quite young because I'm not sure if there's actually, you know, a prescribed age difference where you have to start it by a certain age or you have to finish by a certain age. But I just remember she was at 35 and no period and she didn't have to worry about it. And I was actually kind of jealous. It's like, mm-hmm. oh my God. And I remember we were going to Mexico one year and I had my period just before and I'm like, great, I don't have to worry about it because I just had it. Went to Mexico and then for some reason I I had my period again. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? So then I had to buy stuff while I was out there because of course I didn't bring it with me because I had just had it. And I thought, okay, this is crazy that this is controlling my life. And so when I finally stopped, it's like, okay, great, I don't have to worry about buying it. I don't have to worry about any of this. But then you know, it's dealing with the symptoms, so it's a trade off, you know. And I think when you were talking about your boys and you know shouting from the rooftop in for them as well. Um, I think back to when I was, uh, having, when I was getting regular periods and if I was being irritable because of my hormones, it's like, Oh, you're irritable because you're having your period, like blaming it on that and make, and it, it almost makes you feel, uh, ashamed or well, angry. First of all, it's like, Oh, I'm, I'm irritable because you're, you're driving me crazy. It has nothing to do with that, but you're going through all kinds of, and people, well, people, men general, don't really understand, you know, why we're having a hot flash and, you know, they're trying to think, well, what's, what's wrong with you? Why are you crying? Well, I don't know why I'm crying. I'm crying because (laughs) I'm having, hormones are taking over, you know, I can't control it. And I think it's not just educating women and girls about what to expect, but it's also educating the men that, you know, you need to be more supportive if you're, your partner, your wife, someone in your life, daughter is going through this. It's, you know, what can I do? What can I help? You know, what do you, what do you need from me? And, and if it's just nothing, then, okay, I'll leave you alone. I'm not going to ask any more questions, but it's, you know, right. It, it needs to be celebrated. I think back to our mutual friend, uh, uh, where she was talking about her series of, you know, the maiden, the crone and, and all the transitions that we're going through in our life. And I believe she talked about the idea of the red tent. That was a, an opportunity for women to get together to basically celebrate that change in, in your life, because that's what it is. It's a, it's a transition. It's a change to a different time. And I did an episode um, about the third act of your life. So I, I said, basically, it's any time between 50 and dead where you have this opportunity to do something different. And you're right we're living longer so why can't we celebrate this opportunity and do something different with our lives and something that so we're not do something for ourselves instead of for others because you know we're we're raising children we're working we're we're paying the bills we're doing all of that and being responsible women but now it's an opportunity for us to really celebrate the the idea that we can now
2: be free to do whatever it is that we want to do it's a newfound freedom, for sure. I mean, this is the time to reach for our highest selves. This is the time to do the things that we want to do. And again, it's about learning and exploring and educating and being with with women and, and other groups and, yeah, just enjoying ourselves. Life doesn't end at 40, it, you know? Um, so let's stop acting like it does. There is so much, so much life left to live. I
0: think about you and what you're doing with talking about menopause and midlife. And I love that you uh, called your Instagram account sassy with style. Now, where did that come from? Because well, I know you're sassy. But
2: where did that come from? I've been through many name changes. So and I started the Instagram, I think as part of therapy for me, I, I do have a blog as well. It's just it's not active anymore. But it was very therapeutic for me to put words on paper or on computer, if you will and just talk about it, because it just wasn't in, in my circle at the time. So I went through different, different names. So my first name was Risky Genes. So R-I-S-K-Y-G-E-N-E-S, so Risky Genes. And then I thought, well, nobody's really going to get it. Um, you know, again, the whole gene mutation wasn't really there just yet. So then I switched it to I'm Still Hot. Which is what the name of my blog is. So that was metaphoric, as well as I thought physical. I'm still hot. <laughs> so, and then I got a lot of creepers leaving messages and whatnot. And I kept showing them to my kids because I was very new to this, uh, you know. And especially the boys, it's like, oh no, oh no, you no, you got to change your name. No, 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 no. You're not. You're not having any of these weirdos. And then um, my husband's an amazing cook, and we were in the kitchen one day, and uh, I'm the sous chef. So he's the cook. So we're kind of doing whatever, dancing around the kitchen. He was making some sort of a spaghetti sauce, I think. And he said it was saucy with style. And I went, sassy with style. So there you go.
0: I love that. And you know, um, sassy, when you think about somebody that's, and just the way you said it, sassy, right? It's like, you've got spunk. You know, I remember Mary Tyler Moore, there was an episode where uh, Lou Grant is saying to Mary, he says, you got spunk. And she's like, Oh, that's so great! I hate spunk. <laughs> so, right, it's the idea like you spunk, and you've got you you know you've got uh, charisma, and you've got attitude, and you you've got it, the whole package. Sassy. I remember uh, my my granddaughter Lenny was over. This is I think a few months ago, and she was doing something, and I and I can't remember. I called her sassy, and I don't remember calling her sassy. And then you know she went home, and then my daughter sent me a text. She's like, yeah. Lenny said grandma called her sassy and she was all proud of it. And she kept calling herself Aww. sassy Lenny.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and we are, we're sassy in this age. I mean, we have the, you know, we don't give an F attitude a lot of times too. So we can be sassy, we can be classy. Um, you know, it's, it's all, all, all night in a package for sure. You know, when I think back to, um, there's a there's a poem
0: about, you know, when I'm old, I will wear a red hat and a purple So, you know, and the whole idea that who cares, who cares what you're wearing, who cares what you look like? Well, I shouldn't say who cares. I mean, we still want to look good for ourselves, right? But if I, you know, and I I read those articles about, well, you know, if you're over 50, you shouldn't be dressing this way or you shouldn't have your hairstyle that way. Well, you know, who are you to tell me that I can't wear that or I can't wear my hair a certain way? it's whatever makes you feel good. Yeah. And uh, lately I've been, you know, with my teal, so I've got my nails and I, you know, when I get people coming, it's like, oh, you're all color coordinated. And I said, yeah, because it makes me feel happy that it gives me that sense of joy that I, that I, you know, it's like leaving the house without wearing perfume. If you can wear perfume, you know, it's like that finishing touch that makes you feel, okay,
2: I'm ready to take on the world. I mean, there's a few memes going around. Am I too old for this? Am I, you know, or am I too young for this or whatever? It's like you said, whatever floats your boat, as long as you're not hurting anyone in the process. Uh, If you want to wear the short shorts, go ahead. If you want to wear the long sweater with the turtleneck, whatever, whatever you want to wear. Good advice, because after all, you know, we've
0: got this one life to live. And, you know, it's all getting back to that joy, you know, putting joy in our lives. What makes you happy? What gives you that purpose to get through life? And when you are in the latter part of your life, it's, you know, eat the thing, do the thing, wear the thing, you know, say the thing, because if you, if you don't, when are you going to get a chance to do it? You know, it's like if you've got that good purse or the good china or, or that beautiful outfit that you say, you know, I'm going to wear it on a special occasion. Why can't today be a special occasion? Why can't you put out the china just because? You know, and and I think that by depriving us of these little pleasures that we have, you know, that cup of coffee, that glass of wine in the evening, you know, even that croissant every day, not every day, (laughs) sorry.
2: (laughs) Sorry. Uh,
0: Whoops. Okay. Having that croissant, instead of gobbling it down, like mindlessly eating whatever that is, you know, it's taking that moment to really eat it and have that cup of coffee and just enjoy the moment sitting outside, you know, in a little patio and sun is shining and the birds are chirping and you've just got that beautiful breeze and just enjoying the moment. So no, I I do not eat a croissant every
2: day. (laughs) I don't know if that was a Freudian slip, but... (laughs) I agree. And a lot of women haven't had the privilege of aging. So life is short. And I think to be grateful and just exactly what you said about eating mindfully or just being mindful in the moment and enjoying the moment for what it is and and just giving thanks. Yeah, a lot of people have gone far too soon and and are not able to enjoy those, those moments. And life is full of those moments if you look around for sure you are doing a lunch hour series so you're doing wednesday is it is it an instagram live that you're doing yes. think- yeah no unfortunately instagram and facebook don't like each other for whatever reason so i can't put the live onto the facebook as well and or i'm just not that savvy yet but it's an instagram live on wednesdays at noon and it's a summer lunch and learn series and it's called menopause is so each week I have a different guest on, um, either by expertise or by education, helping us go through our menopause or perimenopause with different topics. So um, this last Wednesday, uh, it was menopause is oral health. So different symptoms of, uh, of uh, oral health with regards to your menopause and how to mitigate that. So each week I have a different topic, different guests, and they're saved on my posts and uh, they're also saved in the IGTV series uh, under menopause is so yeah, that's going on on Wednesdays at noon until August third, I believe is my last one. So if you want to follow sassy underscore
0: with style on Instagram, you can find all those different posts of uh, all the things that uh, Sylvia has been doing. But I know that you're doing something in the fall with Vanessa from Equip Wellness Collective. Now, t- can you tell us a little bit about that?
2: Yes, Jenny. There's actually a couple of things going on. So, in the fall, Vanessa and I are going to be putting together a sassy box. Ooh. So, what is a sassy box? So, I talk about a lot of the products that I use. And um, just to kind of bring this full circle, I did end up being diagnosed with breast cancer in 2020. Um, so again, very much still on the preventative wheel, if you will. And a lot of products I use, I try and make sure that they're locally sourced as well as natural products that I'm putting against my skin. So I've got, you know, skincare products that I use. uh, I've got makeup that I use. I've got um, just different things that I've been using that um, Vanessa actually carries at her shop. And we're going to put together a sassy box in the fall time. So that's really exciting. I'm I'm looking forward to that. You actually inspired me with your coffee box. So uh, kudos to you. And then in August, on August the 10th, Lillianne and I will be putting together a um, event, a live event, in-person event. So if you're starving to get together with other uh, ladies, then uh, we encourage you to come uh, to the event. Again, all the details are on Instagram uh, under uh, sassy underscore with style. But we're going to be putting together a event where we're going to be talking about breast health and uh, self breast examination, I found my lump. So I think that's super important. And I'd like to, again, my platform is mostly about education, health and wellness, and just having fun along the way. And then we're also going to be having a, a light yoga, as well as uh, Vanessa has uh, curated a tea with awakened Herbs uh, for uh, females specifically. So we're going to be sampling some of the tea, and it may or may not be in the box in the fall. It will, it will.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> good information. And I'll, I'll make sure that I put your uh, Instagram handle and in the uh, show notes. And so that if somebody wants to, you know, connect with you and find out more about the, that information, and then I'll also include that on my own Instagram account so that people know to, to sign up first of all, for the event that's happening in August with uh, Liliane, And then of course, um, as information uh, becomes more readily available about the box, the sassy box in the fall, um, then I'm sure uh, people will want to know, well, first of all, want to buy that box. But I also love that it is full of items that you have curated yourself. These are items that you are actually using your, yourself. And there's nothing better than someone who can recommend something because it's worked for them versus, you know, try this because I'm getting paid to do it or whatever it is. But this is, this is more about you're endorsing it because this is what's worked for you. Well, this has been wonderful and uh, I really enjoy having you here and sharing all your information with us and, and learning more about, you know, menopause and midlife and how it doesn't have to stop what we're doing. In fact, we should think about it as more of a ce- celebration. And so thank you so much, Sylvia.
2: Thank you, Jenny, for having me. And yes, absolutely. Let's keep this conversation going and uh, get that stigmatism away and celebrate this time in our lives for sure. Thank you again. So until next time, think about what you want
0: to celebrate in your life. And so if you are going through that change in life, wear the thing, do the thing, say the thing, eat the thing, but at the same time, find what works best for you, whether it's lifting weights, whether it's intermittent fasting, whether it's drinking more water because I'm guilty of not doing enough of that, but it's finding what works best for you. And again, it's celebrating Life and enjoying every single moment.
1: Thanks so much for listening. If you like Coffee with Jenny B and want to know more, connect with Jenny on Instagram at Coffee with Jenny B. That's Jenny with a G. Until then, all you need is joy and more coffee. Produced
0: and distributed by the Sound Off Media Company.